Welcome back to Tuesday with Tim, the podcast that touches on all things related to brain injuries among children and those who have been inspired and impacted by my son, Luke. Today, we have a very special guest, Joanna Scheidt from Dallas, Texas. Her daughter, Grace, was in a car accident on October 1st. Joanna, if you don't mind taking me back to that day. Hi, um, sure. So it was a Saturday, and actually the one-year anniversary is going to be this Sunday, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, so it was just a normal Saturday. Grace had gone out with her girlfriends. Um, I think they were going to go like do brunch and I, I don't even know, visit friends or something. Um, she was a senior, so she kind of went and came as she pleased. Um, and I like dropped my dogs off at the groomer. I went to Trader Joe's. I had just put the groceries in the car and I got a frantic phone call from Grace's friend, uh, the mom. Her daughter had called her and said they had just been in an accident and that Grace was gravely injured. And she just said where the accident was and just to get there. Um, so I called my husband and told him Grace was in an accident. And I think she's really severely injured and we need to get over there. Um, so how we far drove, away was, I'm sorry. How far away was it from your house? Oh, gosh, like not far, like three miles, maybe just one exit up the highway. Um, so we drove there, uh, two cars, you know, and frantically raced down the street and they had already loaded Grace into the ambulance and they, my husband got there first and the firemen looked at him and just said, just go to Parkland, go straight to Parkland right now, which is the big trauma center here in Dallas. Um, so my husband and I drove to Parkland and I will say the whole drive there, I had heard that they were doing CPR on Grace at the scene and having been an ER nurse for many years. And I just thought this is not good like traumatic arrest is really not good. And I did not expect her to be alive when we arrived at the trauma center. Um, so we, we got there and they put us in a, the family room, which I was absolutely against because I knew what that meant. And I did not want to be put in the family room. And then they brought a chaplain in, which I knew was not good also. Um, and we didn't hear anything for, gosh, it was close to an hour, maybe 45 minutes. Um, and then the trauma surgeon uh, came out and said, um, okay, so her, you know, start, started talking about her scans. And I said, wait, she's alive. And she said, yeah, she's alive. And I was like, oh my gosh, this whole time I thought that she would not have made it. Mm. Um, so initially they told us the good news is her brain looks fine. She had a CT scan, looks totally normal. Um, she had cardiac arrest at the scene. And when they did a scan of her chest, they found that the traumatic impact from the car accident caused an aneurysm in one of the arteries coming off of her aorta. And they think that's what put her into cardiac arrest. Um, a very rare freak thing. They hardly ever see this type of injury. Um, and so they told us, you know, the good news is her, her head is fine. And I was like, thank God. And they said, but she has this injury uh, to one of her um, vessels and she's going to have to have open heart surgery. And I was like, okay, she's 17. She's otherwise healthy. Like we can, we can deal with this. So they told us they were going to transfer her across the street to the cardiac hospital, but they were going to keep her at Parkland um, overnight just because she was a trauma to make sure they didn't miss anything. And when Grace wasn't waking up, um, they couldn't really figure out why they did three CT scans, 12 hours apart. All three were normal. They kept telling us her CT scan is normal. Her brain is fine. We don't know why she's not waking up. Um, and then on the third day is when they got the MRI and realized that she had a significant anoxic brain injury from her cardiac arrest. Um, 
And that's, that's when our whole shift focused on her brain as opposed to on her, you know, cardiac issues that kind of took a back seat. And we really just focused on her brain injury from there on out. I, I remember the same thing when, when Luke had his accident, he was able to speak at the scene, but when we got to the hospital and they told us that he was in cardiac arrest for seven minutes, that he had an anoxic injury, um, we know, and so many others know that the difference between a traumatic brain injury and an anoxic injury is, is significant. When you heard those words and you also then began to speak to neurologists, I assume, what did they tell you at that time? So the initial neurologist after the MRI came by our room and basically told us uh, what you see is what you get. Grace will never wake up. She'll never talk. She'll never walk. She'll never move. Um, you know, she's going to be basically vegetative and that we really should talk as a family and consider consider taking her off life support. Um, and my husband and I discussed it momentarily. And thought, this is crazy. She's 17. It's been three days. And they already want us to, like, take her off life support. And we thought, no. Um, We were both kind of of the same uh, mindset that if God wants her, he's going to take her. But we're not doing it. And we were going to fight. So my husband promptly fired that neurologist. He told the ICU attending that that neurologist was not allowed to step back foot in our room (laughs) for the whole time we were there. And... uh, we got a different neurologist and they were much more reasonable. You know, they just said, you know, you just don't know. She's young. So she has that. That's like the best thing going for her is her age. The brain can heal. The brain can rewire. But honestly, we don't know. It's just a, a waiting game. And he said it, it is a very, very slow process with anoxic injury. So just prepare yourselves that it's, it's going to be a process. And that we respected, like, because he, you know, he was just being honest. He, he just said, we don't know. You just have to wait and see. Um, so. So then the next step you were at, at Parkland and then were transferred uh, to Denver Craig hospital. Correct. So she was in the ICU at Parkland for five and a half weeks. Um, she of course was on, on a ventilator and um, did not, she opened her eyes spontaneously. Um, gosh, I can't remember now. I'd have to look back, but early on, I think like day two or three, she would open her eyes, but you know, it was pretty vacant. She wasn't like looking at you. Um, and when we left, uh, Parkland to go to inpatient rehab at Craig, she was really not following commands yet. We kind of had to, um, convince them to take her because, she didn't quite meet the criteria for disorders of consciousness program. They wanted us to uh, send her to like a LTAC first. They said, you know, it'd probably be more beneficial for her if she um, recovers a little more before she starts therapy. But uh, we were kind of set against that. We just wanted her to start therapy right away. Um, and fortunately, they ended up accepting her. So we flew her to Colorado on um, November 9th. So the accident was October 1st, November 9th. Mm-hmm. You were sent to Craig Hospital. Correct. Who stayed with her? Um, and, I and, did. And you were yeah. there the, the entire time. Um, yep. What, what did you feel that you learned not only from the doctors and from Grace, but from yourself? Because I, I felt like I, I didn't think I was capable the first 44 days. And then when we were transferred to a different hospital – 
I sort of had a, a light switch go off and say, I can do this and I can learn how to change a trach. I can learn how, what meds do. Did mm-hmm. you sort of take that role and say, I can, I can do this for my daughter? Well, I think it was naturally, I was naturally going to be the person to take that role because I am a nurse. So for me, it wasn't, um, the medical stuff wasn't scary for me. I mean, I've, I, I did anesthesia for 20 years, so I've seen trachs put in, I've, I've intubated a zillion people. I give meds like, so that stuff fortunately was just commonplace for me. I mean, obviously it's difficult when it's your child, but, um, I think that, you know, fortunately, and especially since we've come home, I've said to my husband, like, I don't know how people do this that have no medical experience. Cause it's tough. Yes. yes. Um, you learn on the fly. And for and me, you... like, luckily I know how to do everything, but if you just, you know, had to, had to go home and try and figure it all out on your own, I mean, it's, it's challenging. Um, so there was, I think just with my medical background and then also being a mom, there was just no question that I was going to be the one to go to Colorado and stay. So from the day that she arrived in November until March 8th, when she came home, those, Mm -hmm. those months, what kind of improvement did you see? And what did you learn really also about yourself? Um, well, I would say since her accident, I learned that I can survive on very little sleep. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. first week, I think I probably maybe slept a total of five hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I stayed nights with my daughter in the ICU and my husband would relieve me in the morning and I would come home and try and sleep, but I just couldn't shut my brain off. And honestly, early on, I was afraid that Grace would die when I wasn't there. So I never wanted to leave the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, at Craig. So when we got to Craig, Grace was, um, neurostorming, which for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's absolutely horrible. Um, she would neurostorm every single night for hours on end. Her, you know, heart rate would be 150. Her blood pressure would be 200. It, it was just, it was very painful to see. Um, and so I would say probably the first, gosh, maybe two and a half, three weeks, she was storming every evening. Um, but once she kind of got past that, um, is when she started to follow some commands. And of course, initially I was like, okay, did she just do that? Cause I asked her to, or was it coincidence? Mm-hmm. But yeah. as she started following commands more consistently, um, then we were like, okay, like she hears us and she understands because we're asking her to, you know, I don't know, like, move her leg and she moves it, you know, so she at least can comprehend what we're asking her to do. So physically um, she was able to, to follow commands with, with yeah. some, some limb movement, anything else? Yeah. Um, she could blink at first communication. I was trying to do like the eye blinking, like blink twice if mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so she could do that. And that's when we really kind of initially started figuring out how to communicate with her. And I would say towards the end, we started doing head turns. So, you know, Grace, turn your head to the right for yes or left for no. Um, and as she got stronger, that was a pretty consistent way to communicate with her while at Craig. Um, so by the time we came home, she was, you know, following commands consistently. And we knew that she could like understand what we were asking her to do. She was in there, <laughs> yes. obviously. And, and, she, and you knew yep. that early on, yep. but, but you saw yeah. improvement. So Craig hospital definitely was, was beneficial to, to grace. Obviously <laughs> when you, when oh, you came amazing. home, when you came yeah. home on March 8th to, I guess where we are today, um, mm-hmm. you know, you then took on a completely different role and not just taking care of her, but making sure that 
while you're in Dallas, you went from one therapy to another, to another, to another, and, mm -hmm. and then also being her nurse. Uh, tell us how, how that has been. Um, it's exhausting to be honest with you. It's, you know, we're at therapy all day right now. We just cut back on her therapy hours. So she goes nine to 12 and then we drive straight to hyperbaric therapy, which she does Monday through Friday for 90 minutes. And then I'm sorry, I have a tickle in my throat. One second. Oh, sorry. The more I think about it, the worse it's going to get. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, we come home and it's bathroom and shower and bed and then you know, I have maybe 45 minutes to sit for a minute and then it's um, meds and getting her ready for bed. And then you wake up and you start all over again. So it's really like Groundhog Day. You know, it's um, it's what hard. What therapies are, are she is she doing right now? So right now she's doing PT, OT and speech. She was doing education. So when we first started therapy, we were there uh, from 10 to 3. <laughs> And she would do an hour of education, but she actually tested out of that. They were running out of things to test her on. Um, they were, you know, her therapist was great, but I would be like, oh, can you give her a physics question? And she would give her a physics question and Grace would write the answer like right away. Like, I think Grace was bored. Um, and so we talked to our case manager and said, can we just test out of education? I mean, I feel like I'd rather have that hour in the day to do something else. Well, you, um, you just touched on something. If we don't mind, I want, I want to go back. Um, and, and this is important that, uh, and we'll probably edit what you just said, because um, yeah. this is what I want to ask. And this is what I want to say first. And that is that when, when Luke was in there, I still didn't know how to communicate with Luke. I did the blinking, but I didn't know if that was Luke. And it was one day when I asked Luke, if you think the saints are going to win, move your tongue. And he moved his tongue. And so that was just monumental for us, mm -hmm. but something happened um, that you found out about, I believe it was online on Facebook. Tell us exactly what happened and what you have experienced since then. Uh, are you talking about the writing? I sure am. Yeah. So I'm on a bunch of different Facebook groups for people with, you know, anoxic injury and traumatic brain injury and all sorts of things. And I was looking at Facebook one evening and a mom had commented on there and said, uh, my daughter can't talk yet, but she wrote that she wanted money or something funny. I don't know. And so I was sitting with Grace. It was the Saturday when I was in her room and I started thinking and I thought, I wonder if Grace can write. Like I've never even thought to ask her. Um, so I, we had a dry erase board. So I grabbed the board and I got the marker and Grace still doesn't have great movement of her arms and legs. I mean, she can move them, but she's not able to like hold her arm up and write herself. So I supported her elbow and her her hand and put the marker in her hand. And I said, Grace, can you write your name? And right away she wrote Grace. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I said, Grace, who am I? And she wrote mom. And of course I'm like screaming for my husband to get upstairs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she can write. She can write. And that has opened up a whole new world for us to be able to communicate with her because instead of having to do yes, no questions with head turns, you know, we can say, Grace, how are you feeling today? And she'll write, I'm good, you know, or I'm tired or whatever. Um, so it's, it's been really amazing to, to figure that out. And you mentioned not only is she able to write, but her memory is very strong. You, you, yeah. you ask her who her best friend is or math questions. Mm -hmm. and she's smart. As she a has not lost any memory at all. In fact, I asked her, um, we took grace to visit the firemen that were on scene 
Um, we did that a couple of weeks ago to meet them. And one of them said, what is like the last thing Grace remembers? So I, so I asked her, what do you remember last? And she wrote that she, the last thing she remembers is the Friday night before her accident cheering at the high school football game. Mm. So she doesn't remember the day of the accident. She doesn't remember the five and a half weeks in the ICU, but she does remember Colorado. So I asked her one day, Grace, do you remember Colorado? And she wrote, yes. And I said, do you remember your therapist? And she wrote, yes. And I said, what are their names? And she wrote every single therapist name down, her OT, her PT, and her speech. And I said, who was your doctor? And she wrote Dr. Spear. Wow. I was like, oh my gosh. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. incredible. So she's lost no memory before. She remembers everybody. Like, And, and I had read that sometimes you know people will lose a few years of, of their memories. She hasn't lost anything at all. Just the day. When I I went to visit you a couple of times and 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 watched her write my name and, and write Luke's yeah. name and and that yeah. uh, gave me chills and 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 when I think about her ability to communicate, it's it's wonderful. However, there is one thing that you asked her, um, what what would she like to do? And she responded by saying, "I want to speak." Um, yeah, I know that that that's going to come. I just feel that, and the fact that she is such a hard worker and she's got an absolutely remarkable mom. Uh, running the show and taking care of her. I, I just, I think the, the sky's the limit. I just, I just believe in that. And she's made tremendous progress. And, and I think so much of it is because of, of you and, and the fam- family dynamic. Um, I know you yeah. have a son. Uh, tell me, um, you know, tell me about the family dynamic. How has it affected the family? Um, It's tough. It's tough. Um, You know, we, we had to, so we have a, uh, my son, Ryan, who's a sophomore and then Grace's sister, Emma, who is a senior now. So all of my kids are really close in age. Um, I remember bringing them down to the hospital after Grace's MRI. And we basically had to sit them down in the garden outside and tell them that, you know, Grace has a very severe brain injury and we don't know if she's going to survive and we don't know if she'll ever wake up. Um, and I'll never forget my daughter immediately ran to the bathroom and vomited. Mm-hmm. And she kept saying, why does it have to be my sister? Why Grace? And that was hard. Um, and it was hard because we had to go, you know, I moved to Colorado for four months. And so my husband was home with the other two kids. And, you know, I think it was my son is um, he's pretty easygoing. I think he adjusted more easily than my daughter did. Um, it's tough not to have your mom around. And I think she felt, you know, um, not so much that Grace is getting all the attention, but she was, you know, and we weren't you know, I wasn't here for other things. So, um, that has been challenging, but since we've been home, it's been so much better to have everybody under one roof. Um, I see my other kids every day and get to go to Ryan's baseball games and football games. And, um, it's been, uh, it's been great to be back home. It's been really good for them. And I think they've, you know, it's, it's been challenging. It's been a hard year for everybody, but I think, um, Emma and Ryan have, um, done a really good job of, you know, adjusting to different circumstances. And, um, you know, I think they're doing well. I never want to say that it's only been a year because I know it's been the longest year of your life, (laughs) but, but the brain for Luke healed the most in year six. And I remember hearing a doctor say that the most progress would come in the first 18 months. And, I'm here to tell everyone listening that that is not the case, especially when you're able to do therapies, when you're able to do different things. Yeah. You you had just um, you've done a number of different types of therapies from hyperbaric oxygen and and uh, you just came back from Panama. Tell us what you correct Panama. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, so we've tried every therapy we can think of. Um, fortunately, we have the financial resources. My husband's company has been fabulous and started a fund for Grace, so we can do all these things. Um, and we, my husband and I always said from the beginning, we will try anything as long as it's not harmful to Grace, because who knows what's going to work? Like she's 18 years old at this point, you know? Um, so of course we do hyperbaric every day. Um, we do red light laser therapy down in Austin. We've gone down twice for a week at a time for intensives. Um, and then we just returned from Panama on Saturday. Um, we did stem cell treatment. And it was a great experience. Um, I had read online a lot about it and had heard really good reviews about the um, Stem Cell Institute. So I felt pretty good about, you know, going down there. But um, it's it was great. We stayed at the Hilton. The Hilton is attached to the office building where the Stem Cell Institute is. So you don't even have to leave the hotel. You walk through the lobby. They give you like a special key card to get access um, to the other elevator and you just go on up. Um, we went every morning, they would start an IV and give Grace 25 million stem cells in her IV. And then we were done for the day. And then we went back the next morning. Um, she, she did great. She was tired after her infusions, which they told us to expect. They also said she could possibly have like a low grade fever and some like body aches and kind of like flu like symptoms, but she never experienced any of that. Um, the only side effect is she was tired. So we'd go back to the hotel room and she would nap for a couple hours and then we'd just take it easy. Um, and so the whole experience was, it was a very good experience. I would definitely go back again. So now basically it's just wait and see and, and, and not yeah. only see how, uh, what, what results might come from that, but also all the other therapies that you're doing. And, and I've always said this, that, um, the, the most important therapy that she is getting is called love that she's receiving from you and Casey and, and her siblings mm -hmm. and, and her friends and, uh, I, I just know that that um, you know the fact that she has come so far in one year. I look forward yeah. to to visiting uh, so many more times. I, I remember when I first came to see you, um, her eye movement, her sounds reminded me of Luke so much, and mm -hmm. and my first reaction was she's going to make improvements the way Luke made improvements, and and she's blessed to have uh, an amazing. Um, set of parents. And I just want you to know how much I admire what you've gone through. And and you know that I've talked to you a lot about getting sleep and 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 trying yeah, to find some time for I yourself. Know. And and I hope that you continue to do that. And and uh we've all heard the best way to take care of our child is take care of ourselves first. But you are you are doing an amazing job yeah. and I look forward to um keeping in touch and, and hearing about her progress. So Joanna, all the best to you and to Grace. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Tim. Take care. Well, you just heard from Joanna Scheip from Dallas. The accident happened on October 1st of last year. And, you know, to experience being told what your child is not going to do, that you should consider pulling the plug to then having your child within a year writing and remembering so many things. And I think this is a message for so many families out there that the brain can heal. And if you don't have the resources um, to do the therapies, um, please reach out to Team Luke Hope for Minds. Uh, we have so many opportunities for you to to help your child through support groups online, counseling, um, education, financial support. We're here to help. Thank you all for listening today. This is Tim Siegel with This is Tim Siegel with Tuesday with Tim.